Well, kids, we are officially in the throes of the long, cold off season. That doesn't mean we can't have fun. Let's get into a little Lions grab bag and look around and see just exactly what's going on with our team. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Before I get started, please subscribe to the Detroit Lions Podcast channel. That's how we get to do what we do. Then share the channel. Suggest to other people that they also partake in what it is we're doing here. It's all completely free, but we can't do it unless we, uh, you know, we work with the algorithm. And that's, uh, that's how that works. Questions, comments are always welcome. Content suggestions, take them all. I do read all of the feedback on these videos. Uh, so please be a part of that. Speaking of uh, algorithms, the folks at ESPN have come out with their FPI season predictions. That is their football power index. It's a bunch of nerdy stuff that they put in the computer and then the computer spits out a simulation of what it thinks each team will do in the coming season. And the FPI likes the Lions to win the NFC North. In fact, they give them a 43% chance to win the NFC North, followed by the Vikings at uh, 20 something, 29, I think, 16 for the Bears and 12 for the Packers. And considering what a cheerleader ESPN has been over the last few years uh, for the Green Bay Packers, I cannot explain how much it warms my heart to think that they are picking the pack to finish dead last in the NFC North. Uh, they are obviously not feeling uh, the Jordan Love experience, either that or they've traded in all of their Packer green gear for Jets green gear. Either way, they like the Lions' chances to win the division, which obviously they're not alone in that. A lot of people are picking Detroit to do quite well this year, but I did think it was interesting that it's coming from the nerds, because when it comes from them, I tend to pay a little attention. Uh, along with that, there is a 65% chance, according to FPI, that the Lions make the post season they um they they like them a lot whether they win the division or not to get into the playoffs and perhaps most importantly they did not pick them by any percentage to be drafting in the top 10 so according to fpi and according to the nerdtastic powers that be at espn the lions should win the nfc north they should go to the postseason they should do quite well that all sounds great now, we just need the Lions to make that happen, right? Part of what the Lions are going to have to do if they want to justify this faith from the FPI and, of course, the fan base is win some bets. Yes, I understand that gambling metaphors are not terribly appreciated right now. It's a sensitive subject. More on that in a little bit. But I'm not talking about real bets, not the kind you go take to Vegas or the sport. I don't speak gamblees. I, I don't bet on games. I don't understand any of the acronyms. So full disclosure, I'm a stranger in a strange land when it comes to talking about gambling. I'm talking about the bets they placed on personnel and specifically the, plays, the bets they placed on defense. If you have not checked out uh, the video on Jack Campbell from our uh, resident draft analyst, the world's saltiest Canadian and cat enthusiast, Ash, I highly suggest you do so. He breaks down in painful detail just how far of an outlier it was to take Jack Campbell where the Lions did. And the success rate is awful 
I don't want to rehash all of his research. You really should watch his video. Listen to it. Grab that podcast. It's worth your time. They fail a lot, like 82% of the time. Now, again, go back and see the original video. There's a lot of reason to believe that they've placed a bet on Jack Campbell to be the exception and that they did the research beforehand. They're not just blindly hoping that this one linebacker works out where other linebackers have failed. That's not what they're doing. But they need to hit on that. And so far, the returns on the player that that bet is placed upon have been really, really good. He's driving his position coach, Kelvin Shepard, nuts, trying to uh, get his nose into the playbook and understand everything that he can. He's cerebral by nature, and he's a football robot. Talked about this with Chris last week on the live show. Uh, you're, you're apt to get some fun from some different guys. The interview with Broderick Martin we did here at DLP was very enlightening. He's a really interesting cat. Sam Laporta seems like he's got some uh, fun things to say. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to get wacky from Jack Campbell or Branch, I don't think. Both of those guys are going to be pretty important in terms of these player personnel bets. Uh, but Jack Campbell is a football robot. He's going to go out there and play football. He's going to do it with his Clint Eastwood demeanor and his scratchy voice. Get off my lawn. But that's the guy you got. And they've got to win on that bet. They have to have gotten the guy that they thought they got. He's got to be running with the green dot by this time next year. That's the kind of wager they placed on that guy. And so far, the player and his efforts and everything he's doing indicates that maybe, just maybe, they're going to find themselves in the minority of teams that went for a linebacker in the first round and lived to tell the tale. Speaking of gambling, uh, at the time of this taping, there have been no names, but it has been revealed that the NFL is investigating other teams and other players for potential gambling violations within the league and the league's policy. Wouldn't hurt my feelings if some of those played for the, I don't know, LA Chargers? Nice schedule release video, Bolts. Something else in the grab bag this week that I feel like we've all gotten used to. And by we, I mean me. I, I've certainly just wrapped my head around it and kind of forgotten a, potentially about what a remarkable story this is. Tracy Walker being back is not getting near enough run in my mind. Uh, this guy's injured, blows out his Achilles in week three, and he has been steadfast in his own rehab and his own social media, updating everybody about all the things he's doing. And he's taken part in off-season conditioning. I saw him sit down with the team reporter, Tim Twentyman, just last week, talking about his impressions of camp and how everything's going and what he thinks of the schedule. They're asking him questions like he never got hurt. It's an amazing story. If he can continue, if there are no setbacks, and he can get out there and move, and when contact drills come up, he can stay true to his projection that he's going to be ready to go, that is an amazing story. And it's an amazing story from a lot of angles. I mean, the human part of it, just the recovery and the, the catastrophic nature of that injury and how it's changed over the last few years with guys coming back from it is one thing. But then there's the fact that this dude is coming back to a landscape that barely resembles the one he left in week three. I mean, the Lions have drafted safeties or safety hybrids in back-to-back -back years. They signed Gardner Johnson. He's going to be coming back to a secondary where, quite frankly, at full strength, he's going to have to give it everything he can to keep up. And he was easily the highlight of that backfield at the time of his injury. So he's coming back, pushing himself, and into a much different competitive situation than he was before. 
And that all on the heels of that big contract. Not for nothing, his cap number doubles in 2024. So that motivation to get out there isn't purely uh, an esprit de corps situation. He's got a huge financial motivation to make sure that he can contribute because he's going to be surrounded by guys that can play. The entire secondary and the improvement of personnel from top to bottom and in terms of depth is, for my money, the biggest story of this team going into the season. They're going to improve in that secondary by virtue of personnel. How much remains to be seen. But if they take the kind of strides that they could based on the names on the backs of those jerseys, this defense could be better than okay. That could be a special unit back there in that secondary. And the fact that Tracy Walker is a part of it after what he went through on the timeline that he's working on is absolutely stunning. I mean, it's amazing that he's been able to do what he's done and that he's done it so thoroughly that people like me don't even think about the fact that he was injured not that long ago and that he could have well been out into the season. Nobody would have batted an eyelash. So just an amazing story that I think uh, I personally kind of started to take for granted. And in thinking about that secondary and the fact that he's going to be back in there and potentially be a part of that mix come September is a an incredible turn of events. Speaking of injuries, props to Frank Ragnow making the grab bag this week with the revelation earlier that his injury, his re-injury of that foot that he played through all last year has rendered it surgery-less. In his own words, there's not enough healthy tissue to surgery. You can't reconnect anything to... It sounds super gross, I'm going to be honest. It doesn't, doesn't sound like a fun hang. And you feel for the guy, you also come to appreciate just exactly why his teammates say that he's a war daddy in there and that they all respect him the way that he does. Drove him nuts sitting out two seasons ago with that injury, and it made him even angrier that he re-injured it. But now it's so bad that unless there's an experimental surgery, he's got no hope of fixing it. And he's not going to take the experimental surgery. He's just going to live in mind-numbing pain, uh, potentially re-re-re-injuring it and hoping for the best. I don't I don't know that I can have any points of relation. I work in a place where if somebody doesn't remember to make coffee, it ruins my whole day. Never mind not having enough healthy tissue left on a foot to fix it. Frank, tip the cap, sir. And finally, wrapping up the grab bag with a little bit of seatbelt gang. Huh? Get yourself one of these shirts. Shameless plug. It's for a charity. It's Jerry Jacobs. T-shirt campaign. Go to seatbeltgang.com. Be a part of that, man. Um, not not just because they're, they're pretty cool, um, but also because of the charitable angle and because a group of raging asshats co-opted the design and they were polluting the internet with bad links and pirated garbage and bootleg shirts and they were not a part of any charitable endeavors. So don't help those people. We don't want the bad guys to win. We want the good guys to win, and the good guys are over there at Seatbelt Gang. So uh, best to Jerry for that effort and for putting in the time and for putting up with the amazing scumbags that would mess with something like that. It's not right. It goes on way too much. Uh, the internet, I'm convinced, is about 99.7% a-holes. That 0.3%, pretty special. And Jerry Jacobs is one of those dudes. So be a part of that, man. Like I said, cool shirt, cool cause. And uh, until next time, we'll see ya. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go.
You've had enough of that shit.